Hey guys, you're here with a new episode with the Driveway Athletes. Uh, we're here to talk about some old WWF, WWE pay-per-views and really setting up a series that I'm going to record with my wrestling expert, Bill. Um, you might remember him from the last slate of wrestling episodes that we did, as well as the How to Be the Bad Guy in Your League um, episode. So we're about to set up... Um, a series of shows that we're going to do um, discussing uh, all the pay-per-views that have taken place uh, in Philadelphia. So um, we discuss the first one as well as kind of the show format going forward. So I hope you guys uh, give a listen and, and enjoy and then come back to hear us talk about SummerSlam 1990, which will be out later or early next week. Um, I would say later this week, but really you're looking at Monday or Tuesday of next week. All right, guys. Thanks. Hope you enjoy. All right, guys. If you listen to the intro, you know a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. Um, But we're back here. Um, I wanted to come up with a a new wrestling episode uh, where we talk, talk about some some older matches, but it's actually going to take us all the way up to some more recent ones. And I'm joined again uh, today with Bill, who recorded the like how to be a bad guy uh, in your fantasy football league episode, as well as the previous wrestling episodes that we had done. And Bill, you had come up with this idea um, about a week ago, correct? Yeah, about then. Um, I listened to a bunch of various podcasts throughout the week to pass the time, mostly with a Conrad Thompson. He does one with Bruce Pritchard, um, Tony Schiavone, Jim Ross, uh, Eric Bischoff, and Arn Anderson. One a day each week. So I listened to them and just went piggybacked off their, you know, their knowledge a little bit. Okay. So um, your idea was let's go back and rewatch the pay-per-views that took place in Philly. Correct the mundo. Offhand, Billy, how many how many of these events do you think you were at? Whew. Well, um, I would say at least five or six. At least five or six. That's a lot. That's like a third. Yeah. Um, I can tell I you. Would ha- I would have to go back in my ticket stub <laughs> roster to look them all up. I can tell you I was only at one. And you were there with me. Yes, we were. And it was the best one, allegedly. <laughs> so um, this is a little bit of a setup episode. And what we're um, going to do a, a little bit of is um, the idea is, is there's a list of pay-per-views that all took place here. Um, some at the Spectrum, some at the building that uh, is across the street from where the Spectrum was that has had a dozen different names. Uh, but I usually will refer to it as the house that Lynn Dross built. Um, if you're from Philadelphia, you'll understand why I would call it that. Um, I will refer to it as the $12 beer center. (laughs) Well, it was originally what core States. I believe off the top of my head, it went from core States to first union to something else. And now it's Wells Fargo. Well, it's Wachovia. 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 So, like, the FU Center could not be any more Philadelphia. It couldn't be any more Philadelphia if it was a cheesesteak. <laughs> All right. So, um, 
obviously the event that you and I were at was WrestleMania 15 and we'll, we'll get there. We're just going to shoot down in order. We're not going to try and rank these from best to worst. We're going to shoot down in chronological order um, as we record these episodes. So um, the first episode will be SummerSlam 1990, um, which honestly is what five years into WWF doing pay-per-views. Yeah. Yeah. The first one was the wrestling classic in 19 late 1985. WrestleMania was closed circuit. It wasn't a pay-per-view. And then WrestleMania two became the first or well, the second pay-per-view after they had that trial run with something called the wrestling classic. (laughs) Um, And you and I talked offline very briefly, but um, a lot of events took place in Atlantic City. Like we think of Madison Square Garden as kind of being synonymous with WWF, um, early WWE. Um, but really, there were quite a few events that took place in Atlantic City. Yeah, well, um, I don't know if anybody's familiar with the name. Uh, Donald Trump, he owned Trump Plaza. He's in the news occasionally. And he and Vince were friends way back when. So he cut him a pretty sweet deal. Not sure if anybody's ever heard of that name, though. I, you might be pulling out um, side information there with that name. But nobody really has an opinion on him or anything. Mm-hmm. So we'll just forward that. We'll just, we'll just tuck that away. So Absolutely. 1990 <clears throat> at the Spectrum, the good old Spectrum. Oh, all them days. I think back in 1990 at the Spectrum, you could smoke inside. I believe it was part of the allure. I think you had to smoke inside. Um, Back when, like back when you used to have to get your tickets at like a Ticketmaster. And I believe the one that we used to go to when I was younger, before it was at tower records, it was at West coast video up across from the Roosevelt mall or Roosevelt mall, depending on how you want to say it. Um, There was a West coast video up there. um, And that's where you had to get tickets. And there used to be a time when I would go down to flyers games and we would get cheap tickets. And one of the seats would have a view behind a cement pillar. It's great to be at an event. What a, what a well-constructed, venue the spectrum it was constructed by eddie snyder on hopes and dreams it lasted 20 years yeah i mean 30 30 30 flyers first year was 67 right 67 Uh, no before then really i thought it was 67 and regardless regardless it lasted 30 years Um, yeah. And back then, so it was the 67, 68 season. Um, look at that. I know something about something. Yeah. He pulled out once in a while, but, um, yeah, so it, it was built and it served its purpose. But then by, by this time in 1990 and, and when I'm talking, you know, when we talk about the late nineties, the building was really outdated. Um, just modern construction, had less obstructed view seats. We had two of the biggest toilets in America in the vet 
veteran stadium but and uh, spectrum but it was our toilets so it was fine how dare you say a negative thing about a building being a different zip code um, i don't i don't mean to be offensive <laughs> i remember again as a kid going down to phillies games in the vet and you were so far away from the field Oh, like even the good seats were very far away from the field. I spent too many Eagles games pretty overserved in the frozen cold of Veterans Stadium, and it was not fun. Not fun at all. Um, so, uh, or, the, we, or the sweltering heated day games for Phillies. Oh, that God. Little- you know, and, and you could get those 700 level tickets for like $7 or something like that. And like, forget it you'd be a, a, a you'd be melted by by the fifth inning um but we're here to talk about wrestling oh yeah so what we're doing is we're going to do a little bit of a setup um for uh SummerSlam 1990 because that is our first event that we're going to be rewatching and then talking about so um I'm going to run down the the card and you know, we'll talk a little bit about maybe what we expect or what we remember. Um, Cause I can tell you, that I don't think I remember all that much from this card, but I remember some stuff, but um, and I was, al- I was 11. So that would make you what? Nine, nine, ten, uh, nine, nine, maybe 10. I mean, I think I was nine. SummerSlam takes place in August. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So I was nine. I'd be 10 very shortly. Gotcha. Um, but I was a young, young man. Uh, <laughs> um, and really, we didn't rent very many pay-per-views until I will say the one I definitely remember renting was SummerSlam 92. Um, for whatever reason, that one is like, I think because like I taped it. Like I figured out how to do that at a young, you know, at that age and had rewatched it so many times that it was just burned in my head. Um, So we didn't like this, like back then, I think like it'd be like me and my dad would rent one and then a a friend of mine's dad and and my friend would rent and we'd we'd alternate from the four, you know, but like my mom was not big on renting pay-per-views when I was a nine and 10 year old kid. Little little known fact, mine either. I don't think I think the first pay per view I ever rented was myself, and it was an ECW pay per view in '97. Um, I used to watch the pay per views about three to four months later when my grandfather would take me to the Pennsylvania and Mart, and I could get them for the <laughs> low price of fifteen dollars. You could get the old VHS. The old VHS. I believe I, they're still in underground layers in my parents' basement and garage. They they may exist down there, but do you have the technology to actually watch it? Yeah, I watched the Dallas Cowboys Super Bowls on there. Zing, <laughs> buzzing. All right. <laughs> so, SummerSlam 1990. It looks like the main event. Now you correct me if I'm wrong, but the WWF World Heavyweight Championship was the Ultimate Warrior versus the Macho Man Randy Savage. Incorrect, sir. That is not the main event. That the the heavyweight championship was not the main event that night, huh? No, it was Ultimate Warrior versus Ravishing Rick Rude. So interesting. 
So here we have a correct. Rude was Rude was chosen to make the new champion. Ultimate Warrior just won the belt from Hulk Hogan in WrestleMania Six. Okay, passing the torch, brother. So we have the Ultimate Warrior versus Rick Rude in a steel cage match. Yes, that yes. the main event. And in all honesty, I haven't seen probably in 30, 29 and a half years, I haven't rewatched this. So it should be fun it for me as fun. well. I'm looking forward to watching this because some of the names here and the, like, I am actually really looking forward to watching this because it's going to be a nice trip down um, memory, memory lane here. But so you have Hulk Hogan with the big boss man against Earthquake and Dino Bravo. But this is a singles match. So what did they have? They each had valets. They each had guys in their corner. Um, they were at an angle before this, which we'll get into in the later episode, where Hulk Hogan was severely hurt. And I believe a young Bill DeRozier sent in cards for Get Well, Hulk Hogan. So... <laughs> Um, I, I believed it was real up until about a few years ago. So still real. It to was me. very heartbreaking. It's still real to me. It's still real to me. Damn it. Um, so back then, and then we'll get through the rest of this, these matches. But back here's a here's a memory. Back when these things were airing, I believe there was like a hotline you could call for like a, the 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 very affordable one ninety nine a minute. Um. You could maybe check in or hear from your favorite wrestler in a recorded. Um, yeah, that that was fun. Don't bring that up to my dad, please, because he uh, came home one day from work with a nine hundred dollar telephone bill because I needed the latest news. Well, of course, you. And that's an and that's an actual genuine story from Bella, Pennsylvania. <laughs> so um, still brings that up from time to time. Well, of course, of course. Yeah. So then we have the Macho Man versus Dusty Rhodes. What a what a legend match. Dusty was on the tail end of his career, daddy, but he was still trying to hold on to Sapphire. <laughs> well, it's Randy with Queen Sherry. So this is Macho King? Yes. And and the shame of it all is all four of them are not with us anymore. Yeah, that's very sad. Very sad. So um, then we have a tag team match. Hacksaw with Nikolai Volkov, which seems like a very strange pairing um, versus the Orient Express with Mr. Fuji. I don't know what they were running with, whether it be a, a Russian guy trying to become American, like a goodwill Drago thing with Nikolai. Nikolai was very old at the time, but I, I don't know what they were running with there. That is a very odd pairing. Um, and here's another good one. Jake Roberts versus Bad News Brown. Very much looking forward to that one. Bad News Brown was a top flight heel when I was a youngster. Well, so is this because I'm not I haven't watched this in a while and your memory I think is best better than mine um in regard to this maybe but um is this post bad news brown laying the kick to defeat Bret Hart in the Royal Rumble? 
Yes. Okay. So yes, it is. Probably got a little bit of white hot heat here when he's coming in with Jake Roberts. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And bad news was afraid of snakes. So they played that whole angle. So he had sewer rats that he brought to the ring. <laughs> this was before, you know, any animal rights, apparently. Yeah. I don't think the sewer rats were ever seen. It was just a big box, I believe. It's a memory serves. A prop than the snake. A pro- yeah, a prop. He said there were sewer rats in there. They could have been anything. Um. So then we have a two out of three falls match. Interesting, because that's like a thing that has since gone away. Um. For the WWF Tag Team Championship, the Hart Foundation, Bret Hart and Jim the Anvil versus Demolition with Crush. That one I'm looking forward to. That has match of the night written all over it. It is Crush and Smash. So Axe is not in this match. I wonder if there's an angle where Axe was hurt by the Heart Foundation or something. Could be. Could be. Or he was just too damn old at that time. Because I knew they were trying to bring in fresh blood. Demolition when I was a youngster was like, was, uh, I mean, so like as a youngster, and this is going, going back, but like, the first tag team I remember being a fan of was the Killer Bees. And then after that, I believe it was Demolition. And looking back, right, looking back on it, Demolition was SM. They were an SM act, were they not? I mean, I think I feel like there's a little bit, but I also feel like it's a little bit of just like a kiss ripoff. Or even a Mad Max, Mad Max 2 thing going on there yeah they're not quite when average joe's gets the wrong uniform but it's close it's not it's it's close to the pulp fiction scene that i don't like watching pretty much i'm a far away from being okay (laughs) you stay gone and you be gone um so then we've got the warlord with manager slick against Tito Santana. I'm surprised that this isn't an intercontinental match. I remember Tito being the intercontinental champion forever. He really held that belt because it was the worker's belt. Tito was a very, very good worker back in the day. So he, he was the one they'd go to for the 20 minute match if they needed to. So I, I'm a bit surprised that this was not uh, there is an intercontinental match on this lineup, but I, I'm I am a little surprised that this Tito match was not an intercontinental match. Um, and then we've got Queen Sherry versus Sapphire. Lovely Sapphire, yes. Um, that that is not going to be a good one. That's not going to be five stars. <laughs> Queen Sherry, I wouldn't use the word hate. She didn't like working with Sapphire. And in her Sapphire's defense, she was a fan. She right. wasn't a wrestler. Not really. Right, right. She's not the talent. And no. And Sherry was a great women's wrestler. Well, and just a great heel. Like, just very underrated in what she brought um, as a valet. And then in her own talent as well. Um, this The sensational one. I imagine it would be like me working with AJ Styles in 2020 at this time would be that match. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then we do have an intercontinental match, which is very early on the card. 
Um, and that is Texas Tornado versus Mr. Perfect. Um, we both have, looking forward to that one too. We both have gushed over our um, love of Mr. Perfect. Um, I think at this time, as a nine-year-old man, did I probably root the hell out of the Texas Tornado, though? I think I always went with the heels. I always went with the heels. I did sometimes, and sometimes I didn't. Um, I was a big fan of Jake Roberts, who kind of floated back and forth. Yeah, he had no babyface tendencies, even when they made him a babyface. Um, he was always better as a heel. And Rick Rude was a guy I love to hate. But I wouldn't say like I didn't like I like I always cheered against him. He was a guy I loved to hate because he was so so good at at what he did. So so underrated, and it's a it's a shame. This is his only, I believe, main event pay per view slot, and that's just a travesty. So just when h- him and him and um, the Jake Roberts feud is like one of my favorites. When he, he comes out with Jake's wife on his tights, um, just such a great, a great feud. So, like, so I guess my and and Macho Man is like in my top three wrestlers of all times, and he floated back and forth between um, face and heel a lot. So I don't think that I had necessarily like I've always got to cheer in to root for the good guy, um, but I feel like at this time of my life, the Texas Tornado was a little bit like the ultimate warrior light. He was the modern day warrior. I believe that was his nickname in Texas. So, and McMahon couldn't obviously hit, they had too many warriors. Yep. So they had to make them something, something else. Um, and really a shame that by the time he gets to this, he's kind of a, sh- a um, shell of, of what his talent actually was, but he's, he, he- they were they were more over than the Beatles in Texas, from everything I've heard. I was way too young for that, but they were like the first, him and the Freebirds. An amazing feud was well before my time. But I mean, he's in here with Mister Perfect in an Intercontinental Championship match. Um, I can't imagine it's anything but good. Um, so I'm looking forward to watching that. It's never a bad match with Perfect. He could he could get a bad match out of a or a good match out of a mannequin. <laughs> and then we've got another tag match, um, power and glory, which is Hercules and Paul Roma with manager slick against the rockers, possibly the best tag team or, or in the conversation of the best tag team ever. Depending on that, if they were hung over from the night before, absolutely, 100% right. So you actually get, in this card, you've got the Rockers, you've got the Hart Foundation, which Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart were up there in, in great tag teams as well. And you have some version of Demolition. You've got some good tag team tag team uh, matches, or, or at least tag teams on this on this uh, pay-per-view absolutely the tag team division back then was just sweltering with talent it was a glorious time to be in tag teams um and this is like um 
the Legion of Doom, not the Flyers line, um, was in what NWA at this time? Like they haven't even come over yet, and we're we're swimming with tag team talent. Yeah, were they the Road Warriors? They were the Road Warriors, and they should have see again. He had to change the name because a warrior. <laughs> oh, I thought it had to do with. Um, potentially with trademark issues and he, you know, you know how Vince always has been that he needs to own some of these names or if not, that that's, that's probably correct. Cause I think Hawk and animal own their road warriors name. Well, and I doubt he could actually own it because there's a movie with the same title, right? He, you can't go and trademark something that all, also already exists. So I'm pretty sure you're right on that one. Um, I would imagine there's a little bit of that as well. Um, plus, he, you know, he's just not the biggest fan of anything being popular outside of his making. Um, Crush the competition. <laughs> um, and then the curtain yanker, Shane Douglas and Buddy Rose. That sounds to me, Jack, like that might have been a dark match. Really? We might not we might not get to see that one. Ooh. That could have been just for the fine fans in Philadelphia before he became the franchise. A guy that like just you want to talk about a guy who it just worked here in ECW, but did not work. What did he had um Whatever his gimmick was here, and then eventually he comes back later as what the professor or something like that. Dean Douglas, which was awful. It had an awful color scheme, and he fell out of favor with the click very quickly. So he was MIA or MIA from there. Um, but then really finds his stride in ECW. He was allowed to say the F word a lot. It helps. Yeah. I, I, uh, a friend of mine, Brian, just posted a promo from him from 1997. A lot of F-bombs in that bitch. Well, I mean, look, you had what was trying to be a borderline clean show in WCW. What was trying to be for young males, but still on network television, WWF. And then you had the grassroots ECW where anything went. Um, anything, literally anything. So you kind of in why that era, and we'll get back because I don't want to get too far, but why that era might work so well is there was a little bit of something for everyone, but also, you know what I say, and that's competition breeds excellence. And when you have real competition, um, it does nothing but make people try to be better. And uh, not that, you know, like I doubt I'll go back to doing anything more than what we're doing here with some old watching. But um, that being said, it will take a while to have a formidable competitor to where it can be pushed to actually have a better product. Um, and because of that, um, it actually is more difficult because there's just less eyes now, you know, like 
before there was only so even when even with cable there were only so many channels to watch i mean now there's just too too many streaming options nowadays it's it's tough. just too much and AEW just their show on wednesday actually just topped the million mark which was the first time for them i believe that's a big so, deal that's a big deal in today's landscape as well um but also it's just it's tough because storytelling's just different now. Like I, I, I don't know, you know, like I've been looking for reasons why it is the way it is. And, and some of it is that there was not competition. And some of it is, is like, I don't know. I feel like when you let the audience dictate what you're going to do, nobody's happy. No, because the audience is never happy. Right. They want this. They want this guy to champion, and two months later, they want that guy, and that guy's old, and it's just it's a vicious cycle. Well, as well as like I feel like they don't like things have to build, and I think that when we go back and watch this, and, and obviously we're watching it on an island of itself, um, but the storylines that got us into this pay per view, I would imagine, are not a week old. Um. Things that- it was usually a three to four month build between pay per views. Now it's two to three weeks. Right. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, WWE held pay per views one after another, one week after the next. Literally one week after the next. And- I, I couldn't. I didn't watch, but I couldn't believe it. So, and, and this will be in a little bit of a context in our show. But I remember prior to WrestleMania 15, that Rock and and Stone Cold build up. I mean, it 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 was going. It went on forever. It built built to a simmer. By then, like you needed to see that match. They built that for a good six months. That went on. I feel like that went on forever, and you just would not get that. And and when I say forever, it's not like because you're like, all right, guys, let's let's get in the ring finally. But more or less, it was like you you were tuning in every Monday to see will these guys finally end up coming close on the yeah you know like and i feel like every week you got a little bit closer and a little bit closer and then by the time that that pay-per-view happened it was like you could cut it with a knife you know like it was there was just so much tension there and i just don't think that the ability to tell a story like that exists anymore it's microwave booking man Rather than let it cook in the oven for an hour, you put it in the microwave for two minutes. Uh, that's the analogy I can make is what they're doing right now. So no, nothing is allowed to build. Um, I kind of feel like, and and since you're going to use a food analogy, I feel like that that pay per view was like smoking a brisket, you know, where it takes 15 hours or or 18 hours, and yeah, what we have now is is boiling a hot dog. You know, and microwaving a hot dog at that. It is not left to even be the best version of itself it can be. Right. So even if it's a hot dog compared to a brisket, it's not, you know, it's microwaved versus boiled versus on a hot dog roller. You know, like it's just no matter if it's going to be a hot dog or not, you can still have a better version of it. Oh, absolutely. And I feel absolutely. Like, um, there's a little bit of just not letting things simmer and breathe for a while. And I think that some of that comes from 
again, letting the audience dictate a little bit of what you're doing because an au- the audience is never going to say like, leave me wanting more. But you have to leave the audience wanting more every time. It, it's a cycle of night after the pay-per-view, guy wants to challenge another guy, three weeks later they fight and it's dropped. And then the cycle goes on and on. Right, and I also feel like the show follows, each weekly show follows the same arc, right? It starts with some guy with a microphone in the beginning and then someone else has to interrupt him. And that's been going on since, I don't know, 2007. It's funny you say that because before recording, I caught the first segment of SmackDown and it was exactly what you said. And I Reigns, Reigns and Heyman came out with the microphones, talked a little while. Then the challenger to the next pay-per-view, Jey Uso, came out. Then another guy came out. Then another guy came out. I'm like, I, I got to turn it off. I got to get prepared. Yeah. So, um, and that's part of the issue. So we're going to go back to an era where it's big characters. Um, relive a little bit of our of our um, younger years. So if you guys want to follow along, um. I, I would be planning on recording, following, watching SummerSlam 90 on Monday. So by Tuesday, if you want to follow along, you should have watched SummerSlam 90. Um, and we'll we'll go back and, and we'll talk about each, each match here. Um, is there a particular match you're most uh, interested in watching or is it just the whole card? I, is it, this is like, is this pro, pre, I mean, SummerSlam wasn't the biggest, but like there used to be a spectacle of who was in the audience, like old, old boxing matches were like, I, I have a feeling this is a little bit before that. It could have been before it. It was, it was definitely one of the special events. Well, there are only four, you know, right? Like there's, there's only four and it should have stayed at four. And then when we so the next so the next pay per view we will be watching after this one is King of the Ring ninety five, and then it's an In Your House um, podcast. And I feel like In Your House was the beginning of the monthly pay per view. Yeah, it was actually less time, so they made it cheaper, more affordable. Yeah, it was nice. It was 1999, I believe, for two hours, and I think the main ones were 34.95 or 39.95. Yep, it was 40 bucks for, yeah. bit for the at least the three ones, and I don't remember if WrestleMania was actually like 50. Yeah, my either way, my dad wasn't renting these pay per views. He had a phone bill on Layla, <laughs> so there was no way. It was, and starting in like 1997, um, which is around when you and I started working together. Um, is when I began began renting them every month, and I was paying for them because we I, I had a job, <laughs> or we went out to get with the people we worked with to watch them. But I used to watch both the WCW pay per views and the WWF pay per views back then. Hooters had them for free. That glorious, glorious restaurant. We we went to Hooters every month for the WWF. And a lot of times, I would end up renting the WCW replay. After a hockey game, ah, because burning the candle at both ends, were we? Yeah. So what would happen a lot of times is I would have a game um, that would be at like seven, but it would be at a rink that was like forty-five minutes away. Um, so I would have to 
play the game, which would be like an hour, an hour and 15 minutes or so. Um, I played goalie. So getting all that equipment off after a game, not the fastest thing. Um, so I wouldn't get home until like, you know, the, the pay-per-view would be well in its, um, towards ending. So I would get home, shower, usually eat something. And then if my dad felt like, which he usually did staying up and watching, we, I'd rent the, the replay of the WCW pay-per-view. That's pretty sweet. That's a nice little setup. You know what? It was, it was, but that, at that time when you're talking about 97, 98, like they both were must see TV, you know, and uh, it, it would, you know, and then I would normally uh, end up having to work <laughs> the next morning. Um, I usually call the coworkers hotline for my results. Uh, yeah. Um, so I've been like slowly revealing um, because there's listens there and it's not everybody I know, but there's not like, there's not hundreds of listens there. So I've been trying to do a little bits of like sharing a little bit about myself each episode. So Billy and I worked at the mall together um, from what, like 97 until like 2000, somewhere in that range, 98 to 2000. I think it was 98. I was working at Models in 97 and then, uh, a man named Tom brought me to the old Navy in, 90, in the summer of 98. So um, when we were teenagers working in the mall, there was a guy that we worked with who wrestled on the independent circuit and had a hotline. He shall go nameless. And on that hotline, you could get results if you didn't see the show, but also rumors. Right. He did a little bit of rumor stuff. He did a little bit of rumor stuff. Yeah, it was. I actually was calling his hotline because it was free before we worked together. No way. Swear to God. It was like a quasi independent celebrity. Believe it or not. Yeah. Swear to God. I had no idea. You are breaking news to me right now. I had no idea. I I thought I shared this before, but it is. Breaking news. So, um, yeah, yeah. Now this wasn't any money. I was gone from them days. I wasn't. No, no, no. It was a free. It was a free hotline. Yeah. Um, like I'm trying to think of how to explain it. Like you basically called. Like it was like an answering machine. It was like an answering. And he had recorded the outgoing message to be everything that he wanted to get across, and you could leave a message. So it was like a voicemail service. I don't right. know if it was like actual, like an actual physical answering machine next to his phone. <laughs> it was the nineties, man. It very well could have been. It very well could have been. I just don't know that he, you know, maybe it was an, a, a dedicated line. So we didn't have to deal with the crazy hours that you and I may have called into his hotline. We wouldn't do such a thing ever. Um, so yeah. perfect angels we were. Um, so we would call this coworker of ours uh, wrestling hotline because it, 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 in that era that like pre WrestleMania 15 era, like you, you could not get enough, you know, like everything from the, from the first match to the end of a, a 
and Raw was what two hours then? Yes, they, I think they were three. both two hours. And Nitro Nitro eventually went to three, which was the death knell. Um, well, they were just trying to capitalize every last second they could, I guess. But um, you those two like those you couldn't get enough of those two hours. And then there was heat, you know, Sunday heat. There was and the and the advent of SmackDown. Um, and you had to watch every minute of every show. It wasn't like now, you know, like, and then when it was over, you were like, oh, what's going to happen next week? So you might call into your coworkers hotline as a 16 year old kid. Or a 19 year old with a fake ID. One <laughs> um, and you may leave messages and then have your own work heat. Here's another little known fact. Speaking of fake IDs, while we're in sharing, guess what was the first fake ID name I used? Bought to that previously mentioned Pensalk and Mart. You bought a fake ID to Pensalk and Mart. The name was Shane Douglas on the ID. Nah. Yes, it was. Yes, yes, it was, my friend. Of course, it was. Can I? First bar I went. First bar I went to was in late '97 when a little Philly broke my heart. They made me sign a waiver because they didn't believe the ID, but <laughs> they needed the business anyway. So, um, I'm surprised that you didn't go with just incredible. This was before him. Uh, this was before him. I had to go Shane Douglas. That sounds so ridiculous. A very Billy thing to do, though. But then I got a major league fake ID where it made me 26 years old when I was 20. It changed my birth date from a 79 to a 73. So, And then you... That worked everywhere. Put it in a toilet tank at a friend's house because you thought the cops were reading. There's no comment. Um, yeah, so I'll tell you, I'm really looking forward to the... Um, Obviously, to Rick Root and Ultimate Warrior. And I'm also really looking forward to Jake Roberts and Bad News Brown. I'm looking forward to the Hart Foundation and Demolition. And I want to see what kind of match Perfect can get out of Tornado as well. I'm re- I may end up putting this on tonight now that we've gone down the card. Um, I am excited to watch this. Very excited. Yeah. So, guys, if you want to play along... SummerSlam 90, and then it would be followed up by King of the Ring 95. But we're going to try and do um, each. Obviously, each setup episode won't be as long as this one, because this one, we're kind of introducing all of it. And we're trying to have a little bit of a good time talking about ourselves as well to give you a little, you know, a little bit of who we are. But um, the next. So we're going to try and break it up. So you get a setup episode, then you're going to get the, you know, post watch show notes um, discussion and then a setup episode for King of the Ring 95 and the same thing. And, and really, there's 15. I believe it's 15 Philadelphia pay-per-views. So that's going to be the order at which it goes. We're going to try and pump these out um, in a manner that one gives you time to watch, um, but also in a manner that uh we're making sure that it's not just down to business that we're having as much, you know, a little bit of fun recording it to, to be a little entertaining um, for you guys listening. Um, so SummerSlam 90, look for that episode on Monday um, or Tuesday, depending on how quickly we can get it recorded and at 
Um, otherwise, Billy, is there any, anything else you had for the audience? No, that's about it. I think I shared enough of the criminal activity I used to do when I was in my teenage years for tonight. Anyway, I believe the statute of limitations for underage drinking is expired. 20 years, 20 years, my friend. (laughs) So um, we'll be back in about um, four days or so uh, with a new episode. All right, guys. See you then. See ya.